Are you always questioning if you're a good enough mom? Are you burning the candle at both ends feeling desperate to find ways to take better care of your family? Welcome to the Busy Farm Mom. I'm your host, Amanda. We will be navigating motherhood, discussing nourishing food choices, holistic wellness, and of course, agriculture. We can gather around as friends in this space while being in our most chaotic stages of life. Whether you're chasing your toddler, preparing endless amounts of meals for your family, driving to work, or running the grain cart, this space is an opportunity to grow and learn simple tips to tackle the doubt that creeps in of, am I a good enough mom? Kick that thought out of your mind and come join our judgment-free zone where we will never question that you're doing a great job, mama. Let's get started. So today I have someone here who knows a whole lot about trying to form healthy habits. A lot of you may know her from social media world or maybe even been a part of her masterminds or retreats. So today I have Emily Rushell. So exciting. So we're going to kind of talk a little bit about benefits of forming habits, routines, and schedules with kiddos. Mm -hmm. So if it wasn't for Emily's mastermind that I have been in, I probably wouldn't be sitting here recording this podcast right now. There's been a whole lot of learning and growing and following my heart and following something that I think I am going to absolutely love the further I get into this. Isn't that crazy to think about like what you started masterminds like with what was on your brain versus the things you're doing now? I'm so excited and so proud of you. Yes. It's definitely taken a turn and I'm I'm enjoying this and I'm enjoying recording the few podcasts that I have already. Like it's so much fun and you know all the topics I can talk about. I'm I'm excited. It's going to be incredible and I'm so honored to be here. So thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. So for anyone who maybe doesn't know you, do you want to tell a little bit about you? Sure. So my husband and I live on his family farm in West Central Illinois. We grow um, primarily corn and soybeans along with a couple farm kids and a dog and, you know, that whole story. So I did not grow up in agriculture. I grew up in what I thought was a small town in Southern Illinois and just so happened to meet a farmer. And as I'm sure many of your listeners can relate to, farms don't move, so people do. So I found myself out here in the middle of nowhere and absolutely would not have it any other way. But professionally, I have not always done what the work that I'm doing today. I actually started as an elementary school teacher. I taught fourth grade for five years before spending some time in the nonprofit space as a youth and family director for a local YMCA. And it was during my time at the Y that I underwent a health journey about six months after my daughter was born that introduced me to this whole world of habits and personal development and goal setting. And a lot of what we're going to get into today is I started figuring out and understanding for myself back in 2019 when I started my health journey. So it was at that time that, like I said, I was getting into this world of personal development and following all of these conversations online in that space while also really trying to figure out who I was in this realm of rural living, farm wifery, farm mom with two kiddos, etc. And at the time, I didn't see a lot of conversations at the intersection between the two. So I did what any sane person would do in the middle of a pandemic and started an Instagram account just to find other 
people living in the middle of nowhere who were interested in the same things that I was really into at that point. So as cliche as it sounds, one thing led to another and I ended up leaving a job that I really loved and I thought that I would be in for a very long time to jump headfirst into this wild world of entrepreneurship and social media brand building. And habits and having conversations like this is very much part of the work that I do today. But ultimately, I work with women in rural communities, small towns connected to agriculture, and really provide conversations, experiences, communities, and resources to help them get from where they are to where they want to be. So whether that is finding alignment between work and family and their other values, whether that is starting something like a podcast or who knows what, but I'm really passionate about bringing people together to have the hard conversations to really ask why and to build a life of intentionality that we love. So that's what led me to you and led me to being here on your podcast. I have a podcast called Gather and Growth. I do a lot of public speaking and like you said, facilitate masterminds and host retreats to bring people together for conversations like the one we're going to have today. Yeah. And I can definitely vouch that you you bring people together. That's been a huge part of, of the mastermind that I've been doing for what, since the beginning, almost the beginning of the year. Yeah. Yeah. It was like early March. Yeah. Like that. I don't know. I feel like I'm pregnant right now. And so this year has been a blur. We found out in mid-February and now I'm at time of recording 35 weeks. So it's like, what is time? What has passed? But yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Yes. Yes. So you kind of had explained a little bit how you kind of got started with forming habits. Can you tell us what like resources you have with your UDU 82 and your UDU 32? Can you tell yeah. us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So when I first got into habits, it was like suddenly understanding a missing piece of the puzzle that I'd been missing all along. I think a lot of us have some version of the story of what it was like in high school or college in our 20s to you know, try to jump on this diet or elliptical ourselves into being a certain way, or, oh, I'm going to jump on this exercise plan or try this thing. And I just had never felt good or had long-term success with any of that. You know, I think I remember versions of myself where I would like, you know, try to do thing something really intentionally and then ultimately would, I put this in quotes because I like hate this phrase now, but like fall off the wagon and then end up like 20 steps behind where I started and then like get back into this shame spiral and yada, yada, yada. I'm sure that so many of us have a story or a memory or, or a point in our life that was like that. And after my daughter was born, I just had this moment of like, I can't, do this anymore. And I don't want to be trapped in this constant shame spiral at war with my body forever. Nor now as a mom to a little girl, do I want to pass those ideas on to her. And so I just kept thinking like, there's got to be a different way. There's got to be a more sustainable way to approach this. Like, I don't know. It was like the pieces kind of clicked into place. Like I can't hate myself 
into changing. That's never worked and it's never going to work. And like the last thing I want is this baby girl to internalize that messaging as well. So I discovered this world of of habit building and really how those micro changes, that 1% difference, that committing to myself from a place of love and trying to figure out what I needed to feel my best as opposed to like externally looking a certain way or whatever was actually the the key to unlocking this understanding of health and myself and the way I take care of my body in a totally different way. So around this time, I happened to participate in a very popular habit challenge that Rachel Hollis was leading at the time called Last 90 Days. And in that challenge, she had this set of five specific habits to stay accountable to, as the name suggests, through the last three months of the year. And it was the first time I started understanding like progress over perfection or standing up and trying again or like recommitting to myself after a day didn't go the way I expected. And it was like just this huge light bulb moment. So fast forward a year, I am like, oh my gosh, this habit challenge was so life-changing for me. Like, what if I just invited a few friends to do it with me? This is coming at the end of 2020. And so what I thought was going to be a Facebook group with a few people I knew from work, maybe someone else I knew from high school or college or the community turned into a Facebook group of several hundred people by the end of those last 90 days. And that's where I was like, okay, I think we're on to something here. But As we closed out December, I was pretty burnt out about talking about the same five habits that I had already established a year prior. Yet everyone in the group was like, this community has been so amazing. This has been so helpful. Like, let's keep going. And I'm like, okay, I'm like really sick of talking about drinking water. Like I got that down, right? So we started looking at potentially different challenges to do. And, you know, what else could we participate in as a community? But Nothing felt right for everyone. I don't know if anyone listening has heard of 75 Hard. It's like a very intense challenge that, you know, I have a lot of opinions on, but it's a whole other podcast episode. But that didn't make sense for a lot of people. All these other things we were seeing didn't make sense. And so that's where UDU82 was born. It's like, well, if we can't find what we're looking for, how about I just create something that we can do together? So the name comes from, at the time I was teaching group exercise classes, again, something that was way outside my comfort zone, but it was COVID and didn't we all do weird things that we had to for our jobs? Right. And so, you know, when I'd introduce a move, like a squat, I'd be like, okay, here's how you can make it harder. Here's how you can modify. Or if that doesn't feel good, like just march in place, like you do you. So very much this concept of like, this is your life. This is your workout. You do with this information, what you need to do, listen to your body. And then 82, gosh, it just like rhymes. Let's be honest. I was a teacher. It sounds good. But statistically speaking, it's around the three-month mark of committing to a habit that it just naturally becomes part of who we are. So UDU 82 is a challenge where participants can choose six habits to intentionally build or break through the lens of progress over perfection for 82 days. And they can be related to absolutely anything. Obviously, you know, we're talking a lot about habits and related to health, but you can take this challenge so many different directions, whether it's your relationships, your business, you know, your spiritual practices, gratitude, obviously like different health things like nutrition or movement or hydration. And I love that UDU82 allows 
the community permission to really inventory where they're at at the season and figure out what is best going to serve their physical, mental, and emotional health. And so basically you commit to these habits for 82 days, or you also mentioned you do you 32. That's like the little sister spinoff version of that, that I made exact same concept, just 32 days. Cause sometimes life feels hard and you just need a little jump start. or 82 days is like beyond the scope of what your brain can wrap itself around. Like right now I'm doing UDU 32 because it goes almost right up until my due date. And I'm like, I can't predict what's going to happen after this baby comes, but I can focus on the next couple of weeks. So that's basically the premise behind those two challenges and, and how they came to be. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. You had suggested, or I don't want to say suggested, but we had talked about this, I don't know, back when, and I decided that I am going to start doing the UDU 82 because that will take me kind of up until Christmas time if I start here pretty soon. And so just kind of getting through the holidays and like up leading up to the holidays, I feel like is a very good time to start kind of setting the foundation for a crazy busy time that we go into the end of the year. So, but I was going to start the beginning of September, but I've definitely mentioned how much of a perfectionist I am. And I keep changing my list and I'm like, no, maybe I should have this habit. No, maybe I should have this one. So I'm going to lock it in this weekend and I'm going to start next week. So yeah. And that's the beauty of this challenge is it's really a byproduct of it has been helping so much of us undo that perfectionist mentality that we so deeply ascribe to. Like, you know, life happens. Kids get sick. Harvest gets crazy. We get sick. And it's really easy to be like, oh, well, I didn't do the habit for five days or seven days. Like, I guess I just need to throw this in the trash because I'm trash, right? Mm -hmm. But like really UDU82 is an invitation to like recommit and try again. And I love that you bring up like changing habits because I think sometimes we get a few weeks into something and there's a massive misalignment with a habit that we thought was going to be really good for us, but just is not working. And maybe it's because we saw someone else doing it or we thought it sounded like a good idea. But ultimately, if you're like weeks in and it's not happening, it's usually not a matter of willpower so much as maybe that habit isn't exactly what you needed in this season. Or maybe it's like three steps ahead of like meeting yourself where you're actually at. And so I always encourage women in the community, like use your whiteout and write something different, like scale it back. You can always scale it forward. The only rules to this is that you're committing to taking care of yourself. And if you recognize that something isn't working, then what a powerful opportunity to honor your body and your mental health and make a change. That's beautiful. Yes. And I love that you can see like the progress of Mm -hmm. it throughout the thing because I'm a paper person. I would rather see it like on paper in person rather than like on my phone on an app or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so being able to see the days that you've done what you said you want to rather than the, you know, few that you haven't, it's like that really sets like a good foundation and kind of a mindset of like, I did this. So yeah. And there's a lot of like geeky science we could get into about like the benefit of habit tracking and being able to actually 
see on paper or on your screen or whatever, like a visual representation of the ways that you committed to yourself. Like at the end of the day, we're all just kindergartners with a sticker chart. Like we love it so much that I love that you bring up of like actually celebrating the days that you did do versus focusing on the days that you didn't. Because if you look at the trajectory of 82 days, okay, that's about three months. And I think a lot of our natural inclination is to be like, oh my gosh, like I missed 10 days or I missed 40 days or blah, 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 blah. And to really spiral out about that. I'm like, whoa, 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 take a step back. Because let's say you put a habit on there of walk a mile every day. And if you did it with 50% accuracy, you still walked 40 miles. Like, would you have walked those miles had you not been tracking this habit? And the answer is probably no. So it's like looking, I mean, that goes back to the gap in the gain mentality. If no one's read that book, fantastic. But of like actually measuring the progress that you did make instead of constantly putting yourself in a situation where you're looking at how you're not measuring up is so powerful for transforming mindset and making that sustainable life change. Yeah. Well, we talk about this for us, for our adult life, but it's like, this can kind of fall into the same type of thing. Like you said, a sticker chart for a kindergartner, like that's, that's real life. And they fall into these with habits and routines and schedules. And like I said, the, the sticker chart just the other day, I, I messed up from daycare and he was like, mom, my sticker chart is full. And which reminds me, I completely forgot to send a show and tell item for <laughs> him yesterday when I was supposed to. And it's like, oh, come on, mom. <laughs> hey. um, so yeah, I mean, they, they bounce off of that stuff too. So well, that it's, it's something that I feel like we can kind of set a foundation for them. It helps both like emotionally mm-hmm. for them because as we all notice, kids have emotions and they don't yet know how to control them. And so when we bring something that's a habit, something that's a routine, I feel like that can help stabilize and help both our emotions to them and then what they're feeling also. And if we like pump them up for stuff, I feel like that is probably the best possible thing and give give them a reward system that they can see visually. And I just I've began doing some of that stuff with mine. And I feel like my kids are a little bit too little yet to really grasp the concept, but it's something that I really want to dive in. So have you done any habit tracker challenges with your kids or like sort of kind of the form of this or anything like that? Yeah. So I think just to even take it back even further before getting into that is like, When you do something like this, you are modeling in real time what it looks like to be intentional and take care of yourself. And, you know, I think as moms, especially, we think, oh gosh, it's selfish of me to take 30 minutes to work out or to spend time doing X, Y, and Z like I should be with them. But the reality is, like, our ultimate goal is to raise them to be fully functional, healthy, mindful adults. And if we are never taking the time to show them what that looks like, then we're actually doing a disservice to the people that they're going to become. And really, even in the moment, like 
there will be some times that my husband's like, have, have you gone on a walk today? Because you, if you haven't, maybe you should. <laughs> um, you know, I know myself, like I'm able to show up more patient, more present, more intentional when I have done the things that make me feel good, whether that is going on a run or doing a workout or being mindful about my nutrition or doing my gratitude practice. And so, you know, when I think back over the years that I have participated in habit tracking and been intentional about this, I remember my kids even, let's see, like when I got into this, Alita was a baby. So she was less than one and and my son was two, three. And there'd be times, you know, I always have blank trackers like hanging around because I have them printed off to take with me places. And they would like find them and like color them in, even though they didn't know what the boxes meant or like what I had written down. They saw me routinely in that practice of sitting down every morning with my journal, sitting down with my habit tracker, like filling in what I had done the day before, et cetera. And so they were like, you know, just coloring it, but they knew that there was something that was important to me in that. And they were quite literally modeling the behavior that they were seeing. So I think even with really littles, they pick up on what we're doing mm-hmm. consciously or unconsciously. Now, I think my kids are just starting to become the age, they're four and six now, that they would be interested in and even have like a conceptual understanding of what habit tracking means. Yeah. But I think for any, I for sure, there's been so many people in the community who have done this with their kids, especially like middle school and teenagers and high schoolers, as you are really preparing them for what it looks like to take care of their health and be responsible for different things in their life. I get like chills when I see families do this together and like all their habit trackers are lined up on the fridge. And, you know, it it really invites that conversation again to sit down with your kids and be like, what do you, what do you need right now? What does our family need? And, you know, maybe it's as simple as brushing teeth or checking the folder every day after school or, you know, spending 10 minutes with their sibling, like whatever that is. I love when I see representation of that because you're really teaching them to reflect, ask themselves what they would like to be more intentional with, and then how to get there. I've known multiple high school classrooms, especially um, I'm connected to several teachers who are like ag FFA advisors, ag teachers who have used UDU 82 and UDU 32 in their classrooms to teach on you know, intentionality and mental health and physical health. And I just think like, what a beautiful gift to give this generation of information that maybe someone told me when I was in high school, but I don't think so. (laughs) And like how that's just setting them up. So to answer your original question, I have not physically done like this kind of habit tracking with my kids yet, just because I feel like they're just getting to the age where they could be excited and you know understand what we're doing and why we're doing it but i do see a lot of representation of like the way that my intentionality of habits has made an impression on them over the last couple of years yeah and not like brought up with the high schoolers and stuff that's something i feel like we have a generation maybe not so much our kids but us we saw that constant like diet culture mm-hmm. following this 
if you don't succeed, you're a complete failure. Like there was no. Absolutely. And I feel like that was portrayed like through like probably our parents' generation and grandparents' generation. And it's like, we don't, we don't want that to be something that we pass on to our kids. And I also kind of take this as something that it's something that our kids can help with in a fun way. We're at the the level right now of like, if you help with this and help with this, then you can get coins for your piggy bank. Like it's another form of this. And so it's kind of like that reward system of like, look what you're doing. You get rewarded this way. And so that's kind of the level we're at, but it can be taken when they kind of get to that age. I feel like forming those routines and those schedules, it can actually take some of the stress off of our shoulders because say they clean up the living room with their toys and that's, you know, fill in that they do that and they get, you know, to pick whatever color they want to fill in that box or whatever kind of chart that you use for it or they get a sticker. And it's like that alone, which I fully don't expect my kids to get rewarded for everything that they do. But there again, that emotional side of like almost thanking them and showing them like that you're appreciative of what they're doing is a huge mindset thing. I know it is for my kids. Obviously, I can't speak for everyone else because I'm not in their homes. But like, I feel like that is something that is truly helpful that you appreciate and show them that of what they're doing is helping you. And that can really just kind of shift and form those habits and form that like helpfulness as they get older. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you bring up like the way so many of us are rewiring, not only diet culture, but that, that perfectionist mentality Mm -hmm. of like, you know, and I'm very mindful in the way that I talk about my kids, about my habits. It's not like, oh, well, mommy needs to go on a run because blah, blah, blah. I don't like this part about my body or because I ate such and such thing. Like, no, I explained to them like, running helps my body feel strong and healthy. It's good for my muscles. It's good for my heart. Like it makes my mind feel clear when I'm, you know, my son really struggles with anxiety. And so, you know, we've been talking a lot this summer about how like going outside and riding his bike can like help deescalate. You know, we've gotten into kind of the science of how movement really does affect the way that you feel. And so, you know, just teaching them the benefits of these habits and why we're doing them outside of diet culture, so to speak, I think is so powerful. And then, you know, on that topic of just like instilling things like helping pick up around the house, things like that, like very much in our family, it's like we are uh, we are a collective unit. We're all in this together. And part of being a human is picking up and having responsibility for your stuff and your actions and things like that. So yeah, that's very much how, how we approach it of, you know, just like what it takes as a family to run an effective household. And I love the idea of like relating that back to habits because there's also things, I don't know about you, my dining room table that I work on gets constantly covered in 
Oh, everything. I think it was like on a mastermind call that I was like, oh yeah, here's your cookbook literally right in front of me because it's been sitting there since it got delivered in the mail. Right. And so, you know, being able to have that conversation of, as a family of, gosh, like I'm just noticing like the house feels messy. And when the house is messy, it like makes me feel X, Y, and Z. Like what could we do together um, so that our space is clear so that we don't feel that level of stress and then bringing in their input of, you know, what that could look like as a family and who could be responsible for what and what that could look like on a daily basis. And then committing to that habit with them, whether, you know, it's in habit tracking or just an intentionality of like, okay, we're going to set a timer for 10 minutes and I'm going to work on the dining room table. And if you guys can pick up the toys in the living room and, you know, dad's going to put the dishes in the dishwasher and we're going to see how much we can get done in 10 minutes, then, you know, it's showing like the family units like level of responsibility for a common goal and bringing them into that conversation of like, here's what I'm noticing. Here's a problem. Like, what's a solution that we can do together? Because nobody enjoys nagging their kids to do the thing you ask them 75 times. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we're approaching it of like, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. But I invite anyone listening to just consider, and this is like a whole other like parenting topic we could go on. We could go on so many different podcast episodes off this conversation, but just of like, what can we collectively do together to reach the common goal? Yes. I feel like if we set those goals and intentions like on a habit tracker or something routine for our kids that almost helps us too because we're all in a busy a busy time frame all the time like it's just the world that we live in and I feel like if it's sitting there they see it it's something that they're excited about because it's their own and that kind of means that like they may remind me that we want to do this, this, and this in the evening to fulfill their habit tracker and not sit in front of the TV instead, you know? And so it's kind of that reminding me myself as well of them being excited about something. And I, I actually potty trained my first this way. And my husband told me, he's like, I think you need to be a kid hype woman. But it was so like hyping them up about something changed their like his whole entire mindset on the subject of potty training. And like that's a very off the topic because I'm not going to do a habit tracker of potty training because that's a whole a whole yeah. thing. But I I feel like when you are supportive of them that emotionally helps you. They like seeing that progress and they love the praise of what they do to help us. Because every time it's dishes or something like that, my son actually wants to come and help me because I've like talked it up and kind of that mindset that you said, you are like, what can we do to make the house cleaner? We're feeling this way let's do it all together. And so I've kind of brought that up of like, this will make mommy so much happier if I just get the counter cleaned off. And then he'll be like, mommy, can I come help you? And so yeah, it's just a very like, addressing what they feel in a very like, 
easy way for them to understand it. And that is a good thing that we can feed off of. Yeah. Well, and I think that like you're modeling the habits that also serve you. Like if you're wanting to be more active as a family, like maybe like I know me and my kids, like (laughs) I literally just walk laps like around our driveway in front of our shed while they're riding their bikes. And like, we'll end up being outside for an hour and that's good for me. That's good for them. Like we're getting sunlight, we're getting fresh air, they're moving, they're playing, I'm walking. It's great. And even I know the common habit that sometimes people put on the habit tracker is like around screen time limits. Well, I know as parents, like we are constantly in the generation that we're raising, figuring out what screen time is going to look like for our kids. So if we're modeling healthy behaviors around like, you know, not using our devices during certain times of the day and doing other things versus, you know, that's stuff that's helping them, helping us. And so I think that in that aspect, like being intentional with habits, taking a look at what you need also really models for your kids, like a healthy relationship with the things that they need. So yes, a hundred percent. So I am asking every single guest that I have on this, this question, because this is all kind of wrapped around being a mom. And so the question is, what is one piece of advice that you wish someone would have shared with you about motherhood before you were a mom? Yeah, I think that when I think about my journey through motherhood, even in like the early years, it was one of the first times I can remember truly giving myself permission to listen to myself. There are so many voices and opinions and ways of doing things. And I'm really grateful and proud of the way from the get-go, I was like, I am trusting myself and my intuition and what is right for me and my family. And that is going to look imperfect and I'm going to make mistakes, but you know, I'm not going to try to do this the way anyone else says is like necessarily the best way. And along with that, like approaching it with a growth mindset mentality of, I don't always know the best way. So I am going to pursue, you know, new information and ideas that might be different than what the people around me are doing, but always being open to asking myself why, always being able to open to exploring and like truly filtering everything through, like, how is this affecting my relationship with my kids? And is this what is best for my mental health? Is this what's best for their mental health? And so I don't know that I necessarily wish that someone would have told me that. I wish more people told more moms that because it's really easy as moms to constantly feel like we're never measuring up to what anyone else is doing or how anyone else says we should do it. And the reality is like, we're all doing the best we can with the information that we have. And I think the more we listen to ourselves, the more we find truth And the more we try to compare, and this is, gosh, even outside of motherhood, the more we try to compare ourselves to someone else, the more we constantly feel like we're never measuring up. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there's like the quote, like the very fact that you worry about being a good mom means you already are, is like so true. So, you know, I guess being curious, asking questions, asking why, never taking anything for face value and really filtering it through like my intuition and what I know is best for my family has been the greatest lesson that I've learned through motherhood that has really impacted every part of my life. Mm -hmm. And each mom listening to this, you 
you, Emily, and everyone are the perfect mom for your own kids. It's how it was meant to be. And so we are all doing a great job. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, this was a great conversation. Thank you so, so much for coming on here and joining me today. I appreciate sharing all your valuable advice and wisdom on this topic. And it's something that I feel like it's kind of going into, like we mentioned, that hard season of the holidays. And it's sometimes mm-hmm. hard to keep those, keep those habits and stuff. But kind of where we come from, I feel like winter is something, it gets darker earlier and it's yeah. kind of easier to start some of those things. So I feel like going into this season, it was a good topic to bring up and talk about. So yeah, a lot of times we approach this time of year with like an all or nothing mentality of like, oh, screw it. It's the holidays. I'm just going to like eat cheese and drink all the wine. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with cheese or wine, but it's like, okay, but there's room for both. Like there, you can enjoy your Thanksgiving dinner and go on a walk later. You can, you know, when you think about the trajectory of the next several months, like enjoy those special traditions that make this time of year so unique and so comforting and warm and just incredible. But also like, remember that taking care of your physical, mental, and emotional health is something that matters any time of year. And so, you know, there's room for both. And I have a couple of different episodes related to that on my podcast, Gather and Growth, if anyone is interested. I'm sure that Amanda will link all sorts of stuff related to UDU82 and whatnot in the show notes. But you can find me online at Emily Rushel, R-E-U-S-C-H-E-L. And if you have any questions or follow-ups to this conversation, feel free to shoot me a message and I'll talk you through what's on your mind. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Amanda. If you want to introduce a fun way of tracking those habits for kids, I have a free downloadable print-off sheet for you to use with your kids that is a fun way to establish routine and structure for your weekly schedule. Let them see their progress and make it fun to reach those goals. Download the free resource below in the show notes. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you feel more equipped to take on your role of everyday life as a busy farm mom. I hope to continue the learning and conversation with you on Instagram. You can find me at 2383 Farms, and if you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot to share to your stories, share it with another mom friend, or leave a review. This helps me reach more and more overwhelmed moms looking for quick, helpful tips. Thank you again. You're doing great, Mama. See you next time.